This is Mentor Moment number five, a series of podcasts based upon the book we give to new faculty at our orientation. The book is Advice for New Faculty, and it's written by Robert Boyce, who was a faculty development officer for over 35 years. Across that career, he did research on what distinguishes new faculty who go on to become successful from those new faculty who do not go on to enjoy success in the academy. He found that there were eight behaviors that successful faculty, whom he calls exemplars, engage in, but a lot of times they just did these things intuitively. They couldn't really articulate to anybody what it was. Boyce hypothesized that if he helped all new faculty act on these eight principles, more could be successful. And that's exactly what he found out was true. So since we don't want our new faculty to have to learn by trial and error, and we certainly don't want them to just be mystified about the profession, we're going to look at the eight pieces of advice that form the framework of the book, Advice for New Faculty. This is Mentor Moment number five, and it's based on chapter three and a little bit out of chapter 11 from the book, Advice for New Faculty by Robert Boyce. The person who works so moderately as to be able to work work constantly not only preserves health the longest, but in the course of the year executes the greatest quantity of work. This quote by Adam Smith from Wealth of Nations is used by Boyce on page 2. He also writes on page 39, We generally work at teaching as we learned to work at term papers, seminar presentations, and convention performances. We wait too long, and then we binge at the preparation, sometimes in great marathons. Chuckling from your own memories? Noticing things about your students? The Academy seems to bring out the worst in us, doesn't it? This way of working is not just inefficient and unhealthy. It's also self-perpetuating as well as self-defeating because binges, so long as they last, exclude all the other important tasks that need doing. And then those two end up having to be binged. We can get on a cycle of waiting to do important work until we have that mythical big block of time available. You know, the time we'll have during winter break or the time we'll have during summer vacation, or the time we'll have during sabbatical, or my personal favorite, and I've actually heard faculty here at Truman say this, retirement. Let's not let your new faculty mentee fall into this all-too-familiar academic trap. So what's the antidote? What should you recommend? Boyce writes that we should use the small amounts of time we actually have and we should use them regularly. (laughs) Here are the behaviors that Boyce on page 40 writes that exemplar faculty exhibit during their first six years in the academy. Number one, they do almost all their survival work, that's his term, survival work, and he means the teaching and the scholarly writing. As hard as it is to believe, he says, they do almost all their survival work, such as teaching and writing, in brief, regular sessions. And by brief, he actually cites in the book five to ten minute increments. So we're talking 
really brief. The second behavior is that exemplar faculty initiate early work on teaching or writing in sessions that are so brief absolutely no scheduling is required. This is, you know, in an urban setting, this is the waiting at a stoplight kind of time. It's really brief. The third thing is they don't wait to feel like they're in the mood to start or restart their work. They just do it. And then they count on that feeling of being in the mood to sort of follow. The fourth thing is, um, the fourth and fifth things are actually characteristics of the work when you do it like this in brief, regular sessions. Brief, unhurried sessions help protect the teaching plans themselves from becoming sort of contaminated with pressure. And brief, unhurried sessions forestall that whole cycle of binging and hypomania that's so damaging. So if preparing in brief regular sessions is so beneficial, how can you mentor change in patterns of behavior that might be less beneficial, shall we say, for your mentee? First of all, Boyce would say that we must suspend our skepticism that small bits of time can be truly valuable. He's not sure this is surmountable. This is a huge issue. Suspend that skepticism. William Carlos Williams was said to write a single line of poetry between each patient, which eventually led to quite a body of work. And uh, Boyce himself cites Louis L'Amour, who apparently only wrote five pages a day, 600 pages a year, three books annually, for decades. <laughs> On page 41, Boyce writes that we also have to suspend our objection that our creativity and brilliance will be stifled if we act in such a workmanlike manner, regardless of our mood. He um, is kind of critical of the tendency among academics to rely on a muse, on some kind of black box, uh, a magical strategy. So it's only after agreeing to trust in these baseline assumptions, where we have to suspend our disbelief, that Boyce will allow us to consider some courses of action. And it, it really is, he writes, a matter of trust, because most new faculty report that these assertions are counterintuitive. The main strategy for succeeding in working in brief regular bouts is to schedule, say, 15 minutes per day. I can't quite myself suspend my skepticism to go down to the 5 or 10 minutes that Boyce is really, truly talking about. But, okay, let's say 15 minutes per day. So the, the chief strategy is to schedule 15 minutes per day when all you do is think about your instructional commitments. That's his big advice and it's on page 42. You have to use this time to sketch out ideas for your teaching sessions only. Don't get you know, onto committees or making lists for the grocery store. You know, don't get don't get sidetracked. It's it's sacrosanct. Only 15 minutes, but it's sacrosanct. So use that time to sketch out ideas for your teaching sessions all along through the semester, not just the immediate sessions coming right up. 
He writes that at the outset, your mentee may have to force him or herself to sit down at the appointed time with the computer, the files, the notes, the music, whatever, and begin preparing for teaching. What can be produced in such limited amounts of time? Free writes, diagrams, sketches of relationships between information, note cards, conceptual outlines, all of these move the planning for their teaching forward in unpressured and maybe even playful ways. So successful faculty tend to make this scheduled planning interval attractive. They allow themselves to have a cup of gourmet coffee, or they use a beautiful pen, or they move to a different tabletop within their offices, or, you know, some little thing. Something that makes the planning time brief as it is, more of a protected ritual that they look forward to. Other faculty have found that they need to do something to, to uh, get themselves into that 15 minutes. Um, it's just too easy to let one more student come in the door or something, you know, answer the phone when it rings or something. So some faculty have found that they set an alarm to alert them and office visitors, more importantly, when the scheduled time has arrived. It is sacrosanct. Or they might enlist a spouse or a mentor to call them or email them at the appointed time. Are you doing your work? You know. So if you've got a little method that works for you, you might consider sharing your secret with your mentee. Some faculty reward themselves after the session, but Boyce warns that this can be a slippery slope because often faculty will use things as rewards that are really strategic to their health. They'll say, I won't go to bed until, or I won't go have lunch until. And he really warns about that, that that's a, a very negative um, kind of reward, and he doesn't want to see us go down that road. Boyce says that the most effective rewards are things that allow the new faculty member to share with a colleague the fruits of the session. You know, get high on the work itself. So an email, a phone call, a stroll over to the union for coffee, or some other pleasurable social interaction. This is just an ideal role for you as the mentor to fulfill. Lest we get dogmatic about applying this strategy of preparing in brief regular sessions, Boyce clarifies that moderation and balance are necessary here too. Into each life, emergencies and contingencies will come. His recommendation for contingency management is to notice if we miss more than one regularly scheduled brief session every two weeks. More than that, and it is not really a contingency problem, but it's more likely to be a compliance problem. Many of us are no doubt at this moment remembering advice on house cleaning or other somewhat aversive tasks that follows this same pattern, breaking it down into brief regular bouts. If your mentees can't suspend their skepticism sufficiently to try the strategy in teaching, then you might suggest that they make a test case out of some other responsibility and try it there. Robert Boyce, in his book Advice for New Faculty, 
recommends that we transfer this concept of brief, regular sessions to our instructional pace as well. What works for faculty works for students. They learn better in brief, regular sessions. We might suggest that the new faculty members divide their instructional time up into 8 to 12 minute segments, not sweating the details within each segment. And then each segment would conclude with an attempt on the instructor's part to ascertain student comprehension. Ask a question, ask students to perform or mimic back, ask them to role play a bit, or, you know, sometimes just ask them to discuss a point. Finally, we can also transfer this idea of working in brief, regular sessions to our scholarly writing. In a related chapter, chapter 11, on page 138, Boyce notes that when writers work daily on projects, even very briefly, but when they work daily, the ideas stay fresh in mind from day to day, so less warm-up time is needed before writing the next day. Brief daily sessions allow time for collecting and noticing things that induce imagination and organization. So you kind of get into the vibe of the writing. Brief daily sessions mean shorter, less fatiguing sessions of work, which in turn makes the work less of a struggle and therefore more welcome, so it gets easier. And not the least of it is, brief daily sessions really can fit into your already busy schedule. So I encourage you to inquire how your mentees are doing implementing brief, regular sessions of planning for teaching. Remain interested in how they are incorporating the principles of moderation and constancy. Remind them just from time to time, maybe, of Adam Smith's quote, the person who works so moderately as to be able to work constantly not only preserves his or her health the longest, but in the course of the year executes the greatest quantity of work. Mentor moment number five, preparing in brief, regular sessions.